This is Planted, a podcast that encourages us to be rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ and established in the faith. Cornerstones Don Neiman and Sarah Hunt share their roles in leading a congregation and glorifying God through hymns of praise and preparing our hearts to receive the truth of God's Word. Good day, everyone. This is Pastor Matt Grimm. Welcome back to the Planted Podcast. I'm here with Thad Keenel once again. What's up, Thad? Hey, Pastor Matt. It's good to be here, and I appreciate uh, our guests that we have today. Yeah, we have two very special guests with us today. We have Don Neiman, who is our worship director here at Cornerstone Presbyterian Church in Brighton, Michigan, and we have Sarah Hunt, who is our associate director of worship. And so welcome, you two. We're very glad to have you here and provide your insights for us as we talk about worship and spiritual formation. Thanks. So Glad yeah. to be here. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, uh, Don, let us know a little bit about yourself. You have years of experience in, in worship ministry and and worked for several churches over the years. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your passions. Oh, um, well, I have a, a passion for worship. I have a passion for um, uh, leading the congregation in worship and making sure that they are um, fully equipped to just give themselves into worship. Uh, I've been doing this now for, gosh, a lot of years. Yeah. And, um, and I keep learning, and I, and, and I get very excited about uh, what I'm learning and, and and trying my best to live into God's call and and see it uh, in the congregation. Yeah, and in terms of musically, you are um, kind of you play a lot of different in- things, but you're known as a drummer. You often lead us yeah. actually from the drums, and so tell us a little about just your um, how you got into drumming and just some of your background with that too. You were in a rock band for a while, right? Yeah, I've been in, in a few of those. <laughs> Now, if you ask my mom that question, she'll tell you that uh, I've been playing drums since uh, before I was born. <laughs> uh, my dad was a sound engineer, and he had a philosophy of listening to music at the level at which it was created. So music was oftentimes just loud. doesn't matter if it was Prokofiev or some rock band. Um, but I would kick rhythms inside my mom while that was going on. At least that's the... That's the legend. <laughs> but um, I've, I've always been exposed to music yeah. and learning about music as far back as I can remember. Cool. Yeah. Sarah, how about you? Tell us a little bit about your passions and your um, experience in worship. Yeah. Um, excitingly, this is coming up here on my, I guess, one-year mark in October of being mm-hmm. on staff here. And um, it is actually my first year of being in a... Um, vocational role in a church ministry, um, but I grew up in the church. My mom was the um, music minister at our church growing up, and so I was kind of a choir baby, uh-huh. um, passed around from section to section in the <laughs> choir and uh-huh. sang um, with my mom on, you know, when I was had to stand on a little stool uh-huh. <laughs> um, next to her, and so just been... Um, in it my whole life and um, serving in a way to help lead people to sing, right, to, right. to, to really release their voices um, 
in worship to the Lord. Right. Yeah. And you've been you've been a choral director for years with Livingston County Christian Musicians. Yes, correct? I am yeah. uh, still currently yeah. the director of the Livingston County Women's Chorus, um, and so choir is my. Yeah. Kind of one of my favorite things right. yeah. <laughs> to quote Julie Andrews. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Well, well, just really enjoy having both of you here, and, and the way you help lead us in worship, and just using your gifts and bringing out the gifts of others in our congregation to help in the leading of worship. It's It's been wonderful. And uh, speaking of the Livingston <clears throat> County Christian Musicians, just to give a little plug for our local listeners here in Livingston County that are uh, the Christmas, uh, yes. we're having the Child of the Promise back. That's so just right. give a little yes. plug there for the yeah. Child of the Promise. Uh, yeah, we are uh, in full um, planning mode right now to be uh, gathering musicians from all different churches. We've had over... 35 churches in the past that have sent musicians and finances and um, just all sorts of donations to make Mm -hmm. this project work where we can take the gospel message of Christ at Christmas time and take it out into the community. And um, so we are um, heading into audition season for that. Those will be September 16th and 17th. All right. Show will be... um, Thanksgiving weekend, so save the date for the 25th and 26th of November. All right. And that will be at at the Heartland Performing Performing Arts Center, Center, Uh right? Yeah, great. great. We're very excited to partner with LCCM as a church in this endeavor and and having um, an opportunity to reach more of the community at Christmas time and participating with that. Yeah. So, so yeah, we uh, hopefully you will be able to. Uh, come out for that. It should be a wonderful time, and we're glad for that partnership. Well, let's get into our topic today. We have been in this season on spiritual formation, and uh, last week we were talking about the means of grace, which are the uh, words, sacraments, and prayer. We really didn't have time to get into prayer. We spent a good deal of time talking about the sacraments, but really the idea of those three things as the ordinary allowances, the, some of the language that the Westminster Confession uses, or the, just the means of grace, the way that God applies and administers the grace through the life of the church and the, the recognized visible church. And so, um, and really that's shapes a lot of the philosophy around even the, the, our Sunday morning gathering uh, or Sunday gathering. We gather both in the morning and we have an evening service, which where we do uh, partake of the Lord's Supper each week. Uh, and so if you, uh, I, I kind of miss the, f- I, I would love it if we did it in the morning as well, <laughs> yeah. um, as just that uh, response yes. to the wonderful um, promises of God. But, uh, but I think as, as we think about that, it really, those things, the, the word, our prayers, and, and music as part of that, the singing of psalms and hymns and spiritual songs that, that the, the scriptures command us to do, is uh, rooted in the Word of God and in, in prayer that can show itself in, in that, Absolutely. really with the, the organization of the, the church service itself. So I, I kind of want to start out this conversation a little bit with just um, with with that in mind, because I, I think that some people may have the perception that, oh, there are worship directors, or our mu- they're just into the music, <laughs> and, they're, and I've really appreciated just the thoughtfulness behind um, the order of worship, and even sometimes in seasons that we've changed, we sometimes alter that, change that a little bit for for some other for some reasons. But really, there is this um, desire that 
we're being ushered into the presence of God, responding to his promises and so forth. And I know, Don, when we first met and you were talking about that, this some of this um, really came out in your some of your passion in terms of this as a dialogue. And I want to read a little bit just from this book. It's, it's called On Being Presbyterian, and there's a chapter on worship here. And I was reading a little bit of him talking about worship in covenant, this covenant renewal that we come together and affirm the promises of God. And as I was reading this, I'm like, did Don Neiman write this? <laughs> I mean, because it really sounds like, you know, so I want to read it just because it's concise here, and then I'm going to let you reflect and respond on this, both of you, as you wish. So he's talking about this mutuality, this the, the covenant initiated by God, but then it elicits response from us. Um, and the author here is uh, Sean Michael Lucas, who's a professor of um, church history at Covenant Theological Seminary. He says, God moves toward his people in gracious promise, and his people respond to him by faith, which results in practices of love. And that's very important when we talk about just the differences. Sometimes we have in preference of worship. We always remember this is in practice of love. But then he goes on to say, Taking this understanding and applying it to worship, we can see how our belief that worship is covenantal would mean that in worship there is a two-way movement between God and his people. Some people have even suggested that in worship there is a dialogue between God and his church. God is the one who makes the first move toward us by calling us to worship, and we respond by invoking his presence in our midst. And the rest of worship is a movement back and forth between God and his beloved people, a movement in which God meets us in word and sacrament, and we respond to his presence with prayers and praises. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm assuming you would affirm those words as you were nodding as we were reading it, but, but talk about, just talk about that in your mind in preference, but then also how does that shape the way you choose and organize and go through your process of putting together a worship service. Yeah. Well, and, and, and that's and, and that's the beautiful story, right? The, the, the beautiful uh, encounter uh, between God and His people, and one that that I'm and Sarah, I'm sure, would agree, uh, are privileged to participate mm-hmm. in in the roles that we have. Um. And indeed, um, when it comes to kind of the technical aspects of, of ensuring that that stays focused on God and God acting first, as, as you point out there, and we think through, I think through um, what makes sense, what is God saying here, and what makes sense in terms of our response. And so if God is... is uh, calling us to a time of confession, let's say, we want to speak very specifically to the grace that he has for us and and how he has not been stingy with that at all. Right. And that uh, his blessing is for us, and we can come both in penitence uh, but also in thanksgiving in knowing the um, the blessing that he has for us and the assurance Um. And so having um, that sort of uh, specificity mm-hmm. in mind as we're, as we're approaching different aspects of worship, gathering, recognizing God's holiness, uh, realizing that we are lost without him, being thankful for his grace in our lives, praying for the world, and, and encountering him throughout in his word, 
that we may come away changed. Right. Um, but these are the things that um, that we think about yeah. in, in putting it a, together a worship right. service. Yeah. So Sarah, as as Don talks about that that time of penitence or um, responding. One way or another, sometimes with thanksgiving, praise, mm-hmm. um, sometimes more thoughtful penitence, um, confession. Uh, how does that, how do you, as you think about choosing um, the type of song that we would sing, that, that would be a reflection of that, not just in the words, but even in the musical style? Yeah. Um, I think it's really when you're talking about this kind of covenantal meeting place in the service to be aware then that as the Lord meets us, that each of these elements are doing something to us, right? As we participate in the spirit is working. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we kind of gather to reaffirm the gospel story, which is diverse, right? It has yeah. this beautiful arc of where we begin and where we end. Um, and so I think hitting all of those things in element, I'll use the word liturgy. Sometimes that's a bad word, but oh, that's good. Uh, each of <laughs> right, each of those yeah. liturgical elements in a service. Um, I think it would be widely accepted that music. I think a gift from God is to help us go to the place that we need to go. So music in every genre will do something to you, right? Right. It will raise your heart rate. It will calm your breath pattern. Mm -hmm. It will focus your mind or it will energize your body. Um, And I think sometimes we get afraid of those things, Mm -hmm. right? The emotional aspect of what music can bring to a service. I think those, I think it's a gift. I think it's intended to be that way. And, um, and so, I, as Don mentioned, like those are that's a tool mm-hmm. to use um, to help open us up to the spaces where the spirit needs to meet us. Right. So, if we're going to sing a, a song of confession, the mood, the mode, the key, the instrumentation, all of the parts of the music, right. just help to let us settle into that right. space. Um, but it's also a careful, careful road to walk there also. Right. Yeah. 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 So as you, and I know that, Don, you enjoy composition as well or, or recomposing or, you know, sure. I don't, but the, what's the word for that when you uh, take? Arranging. Arrangement. There mm-hmm. we go. So you enjoy doing that, especially as it, not just for the song itself, but for the service in which it's being used. Yes. And so, um, and I... I I love that I appreciate it, but sometimes it can, that can get pushed back because <laughs> people yeah. that's not the way I'm used to it. Right. But tell me, because I'm a I'm the discipleship pastor, and so I'm thinking because I think the service while it's leading us into God's presence, it's also always instructive right. to us. Right. And so, how can you help? even like for our congregation, but even others, talk about the instructive nature even of your arrangement mm. uh, when it comes to helping spiritual formation, when it comes to leading people into the grace of God and their need or their all that. So, yeah. That's such a good question. I, I, it is. And it's, and it's not necessarily easy to answer. I mean, uh, the music, uh, as Sarah says, helps us to, um, to go deep into and give ourselves fully to 
this, this um, embrace by God. Because for those of us that can uh, think through that really well, well, that's, that's one way of ordering yourself towards that, if mm-hmm. you will embrace. But if for others that, that aren't as cerebral as that, but in fact uh, have um, uh, an emotional response to that, uh, I think all those things are wrapped up and brought to the table as worshipers. And, and music helps us tap into that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and for some... The way that's been sung for years and years and years um, is really important. They have an emotional response right. like that. And then there is a generation uh, of folks that don't have that same um, connection in that way. And in fact, as, as that songs, as those songs, those hymns developed, um, they weren't necessarily developed with that in mind. And so we've, we've talked and you've heard different conversations and read different things about how uh, worship has progressed, worship singing and songs, how they've progressed and how they've been written and where they come from, different melodies and such like that. In the context of worship, it is important to capture certain um, tones, I think, that are most appropriate and so these things go into, I think, many of the, the different hymn arrangers of this day uh, goes into their minds mm-hmm. about this song says something precious in this way. And are we doing it at all a disservice by singing it with this tone, this maybe <laughs> right. this high, high tone or something like that? And it needs to be a little bit more reflective. Right. Yeah. And so setting it that way, um, I think actually helps the prayer yeah. that's, that's being said in that moment. Right. Um, again, it's a subjective thing. Right. But in terms of how the music can help bring about formation, um, the music uh, with the words in mind in, f- in first place, the words uh, were, were, were acting with, upon the assumption that they're, they're theologically good and right and uh, perhaps even direct from Scripture. Um, these words set in a way that if you imagine them said or prayed, prayed um, with any kind of thoughtfulness to God, sometimes a, a, a rearrangement of the melody right. and meter, as you say, and I was really impressed that you used those words earlier. <laughs> um, really becomes helpful and aids us in right. in shaping a response that's meaningful, yeah. especially on a corporate level. Right, right. So, Thad, I'm going to turn to you a little bit. You play our resident skeptic here. Because um, we, we talk at times in our podcast and other contexts about being leery or wary of emotional manipulation, mm-hmm. right? That we don't want uh, – we want to be uh, – our emotions are real. It's who we are, and there's nothing wrong with feelings, but we need to let the Word of God guide us and direct us. And so, um, you know, as, as you think about that, what might be some things that you would concern you if you hear about, you know, um, being too, you think we can be too concerned about emotion when it comes to worship or the worship service or how, how 
you ever seen that distorted or yeah I, I do i think that we have to be sensitive to that whole issue hmm. um but this question goes back as far as time itself i mean if we just look at what happened when david brought back the ark and he started dancing you know his wife was embarrassed and <laughs> and he's she's saying that's not how we do worship yeah. you know and that is it i mean what is that that's 1500 years before christ so we, here we are yeah. still trying to figure out what's the best way to do that and satisfy everybody and we can't yeah um you know i sat on a worship team for 10 or 12 years playing lead guitar and there's always critics um, yeah. um especially my plan which i understand that part was good but, <laughs> but um just of how the arrangements were done and so i so appreciate what you uh, both are saying don and sarah about this and you know, liturgy is a perfect word. That's this is exactly what what we do when we come in to express um, the word of God. And I think when we define worship, first of all, what it entails, um, it's an expression of praise, worship, and reverence for God. And it is something that recognizes God and His attributes. Mm-hmm. This is what the entirety of Scripture is about: is the character of God. Um, Matt used the word covenant earlier, and that's absolutely one of my favorite words these days because of how he enters into relationship with his people and how we appropriately respond. Right. Now, I think that um, as people within the congregation, uh, by the way, I just want you to know right now I'm your biggest fan, both of you, but I'm also your biggest critic mm-hmm. because I because I am of myself when I was in those positions, you know, and that's how we are, you know. If you miss a note, or it's hard you, to turn that part of your brain. It, it is, mm-hmm. and that, and that kind of it's yeah. really good, but you have to be really careful on how you're going into that thought press when you're in the worship setting, and you don't want to take yourself out of the worship mode. So something triggers, and now you're thinking about something mm-hmm. else, and we're human, and that's going to happen, but. Um, as a congregant, we want to also be incredibly gracious in how we respond to those yeah. things. And not, not everybody has a good filter. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I have this compressor right here. I can filter you what you say, but I can't filter how you say it. Right. Um, and uh, so I think those are all really important aspects of, of yeah. how we come in to right. give praise, thanksgiving, adoration. Um, it's part of our service to God to worship Him because He demands to be glorified. Yeah. He does, and that, and that's really what worship means. It's you, one way to is worship. It's it's we're describing the worthiness of God. Mm-hmm. He is the only one worthy of praise, mm-hmm. right? As the first cause, as we talk about of everything else, mm-hmm. uh, and and that first cause is always good. He, he everything He's doing is is of out of His goodness, His holy character. So I want I want to get back to this whole notion again of, of just if, if you can describe for me in your mind as you're trying to do this knowing that you have no control over anybody's will mm-hmm. in the congregation who's mm-hmm. doing this that how you're trying to lead people through this not manipulate them mm-hmm. so how do you, how do you help to see because I think you you're both talented gift enough you can you could easily manipulate us if you if you so chose mm-hmm. or if you and maybe even sometimes you unintentionally you know may lead that direction but how do you in your life, might try to draw the line between leading us, instructing mm-hmm. us, guiding us into where we need to, to go with God versus manipulating us. Mm-hmm. So can you speak to that yeah. a little bit? Um, well, I, I would caution the use of the word manipulate. <laughs> um, just like think about uh, your teacher in your classroom, right? right? A, a teacher will 
give examples of things that relate to the students in her his classroom will ask certain questions or say certain phrases that essentially the goal then would be at the end by her leading or his leading that the students discover information on their own in a way that it is like they have ownership over it. It is their thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think in a sense you could say that a teacher manipulates their students, right? That I'm going to lead you in a way that you're primed to receive this. Okay. Um, and so I think, I think that's a little bit of our task, both in designing worship elements and in the process of leading, is that to know the people in the pew, mm. know our humanness, mm-hmm. and the tools in which we can use but the goal then is still the ownership, right? Like it's still theirs. It doesn't feel like, um, or rather that they're still responsible for it. Right. Like I'm not here to do this for you. Right. Like I'm going to get you to a spot where you feel Lord willing, the Lord is going to do this. Right. Right. But my job is to help facilitate that meeting of the Holy spirit where you are now, Owning right. the worship of the Lord, exactly. Yeah, and I, and think, I was using ma- manipulation just in the in the negative sense because I mean, it, obviously, if it's you're a leading, word that gets tossed yeah, around. So I'm like, yeah. so, let's reframe. But, that. No, that's, but I think a lot of it does have to do with your intent, but also like, but leading, you have somewhere in mind that you're looking to go, yeah. right? And versus just. And even like knowing you can't force it, but you can lead. So yeah, I was yeah. gonna as Sarah was speaking about that. Um, you had some, said something earlier about like emotional, like an emotional um, emotionalism, maybe is, is the word that you used. And the idea of the truth that there are some people that like to just drive people to an emotional response, right? Um, but in true worship. Right, it's a the word the um, the emotion is a response to the tr- the bigger truth, mm-hmm. and that's what we are you know demonstrating in, in those expressions of our emotions. It would be like it you would never say somebody's just using you know emotionalism if they're crying at a funeral. You know that's just the response to the sorrow right. of what's happening. And there's so many different truths that are being expressed in our worship. If it's a um, and, and the Psalms does the same thing. I mean, there's there's Psalms that are are sorrowful. There's Psalms mm-hmm. that are joyful, and so those are going to you know invoke right. different responses. Exactly. Well, and I think to be aware of where each person is entering the sanctuary mm-hmm. from, right? So that the the spirit is leading one person in this direction that catches that like oh this part of the gospel today right is mine right but for somebody else it's completely different yeah. and then expresses itself completely different mm-hmm. um yeah it just yeah but I, I but even so there are times we do need to, even though we're at different places if you're all trying to if you're trying to lead us to a specific place mm-hmm. then it's appropriate to do that so just for instance, and I'll let Don speak to this a little bit. If you're leading us to a time of reflection and penitence to bring us before God with our need, knowing that if we're going to worship God, we need we're going to be shed light on our own sin, our own mm-hmm. brokenness, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You're not going to do that with 
a big drum solo and electric guitar riff, <laughs> right? Not, I mean, not normally. Not normally. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, so, contrary. So, so, I mean, that would be but, pretty <laughs> impressive. <laughs> right. but, but, yeah. So, just speak a little bit to that in terms of that that the the tone of the music leading us along with the words. Mm-hmm. Well, I, 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 in that we're talking about this, there's great responsibility with all mm-hmm. this, and we've talked about emotions, and we've talked about there is a line that we have to be very. Uh, aware of and that is seeking to manipulate Um, but with regards to in this aspect of worship leading being a guide from a musical perspective there are tones to that are set by music that most appropriately leads us into a space generally speaking that's a good space uh, for this sort of response, an appropriate space for this kind of response yeah. that draws our attention into a, 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 um, a closer uh, examination uh, by us as the worshiper on our Savior yeah. and our need for mm-hmm. a Savior. Yeah. That's great. And that's that's actually perfect segue into... Uh, this we're being drawn to God, but we know the way that we are we are able to be in God's presence mm-hmm. is through Christ. He's our He is His life, His death, His resurrection, His ascension to the right hand of God, where He is even now interceding for mm-hmm. us. And He is He is our great high priest, He is our mediator. And so as we come into this service, we are being reminded of Him. And so from a Christian standpoint, we're not just worshiping God, we're actually exalting Christ. Mm-hmm. And so Talk a little bit about just the Christ-centered focus of of worship as it relates to um, what you do. Mm. Jesus is at the center of the gospel. He's at the center of um, word from beginning to end. Um, He is God's ultimate fulfillment of all of his promises. And Jesus not only came to reveal God to us, but um, exemplify for us how we are to live for Him, respond to Him. And we absolutely want to try to capture that in our response to God, in our personal response to God. And so we, we focus upon reminding ourselves of God's acts, His saving acts, His grace, um, these ordinary allowances through these ordinary allowances, as you point out, and in responding to him, we in responding to him, we understand that these graces are um, indeed made manifest through, and we celebrate that work uh, that comes in and through Jesus Christ. And so, um, Jesus is at the center of our worship. He is our ultimate worship leader. Uh, he is our intercessor. And he is our, our great high priest. These titles that we give him um, are much more than placards that we hang on the wall, right. but in fact help us define who it is we're talking to, mm-hmm. who it is that we're following, and what it is we're trying to also be um, in our obedience and in our pursuit of, of living for right. him like Christ. Yeah. I've noticed that um, sometimes, especially when you're leading, 
us in worship, both not just singing, but the verbal, sometimes the transitions mm -hmm. that you choose. And just a little sentence here or there, you try to get to, to draw us back in to that place, or even to help us know why we're going from one hymn to this chorus or whatever. Um, but then also, you, you, sometimes we'll, you'll even put scripture up on the screen between between times. So just talk a little bit about that. But that's, I mean, it's not easy to do in a phrase or, you know, a couple mm -hmm. sentences without, because, you know, we could we could spend five times, five minutes instructing between, you know, the, all the cerebral reasons we went from here to here to right. here. And we don't take time to do that. Although I wish some of our congregants would recognize it sometimes, <laughs> right? But, uh, but, but, but in terms of your preparation for that, um, I think sometimes we think, oh, that's just like extemporaneous and spontaneous. But, mm. but it, it's been – I've appreciated so much. I, I'm, I'm assuming that it just doesn't come off the cuff. I mean, now the spirit can do that. But, but it you, doesn't you're usually familiar, for me, right? no. <laughs> so talk about that, Sarah. Um. Well, I think like we spend a lot of times time in meetings and um, talking about what Chris is going to preach on or whoever is going to mm -hmm. preach on, and um, I find it really helpful to sit in those passages uh, for the week and to sit in the songs mm -hmm. um, to make sure that first of all I own why would I be singing this song in worship. Um, how does this connect to that whole story of the gospel? I think when we enter into worship, this is this would be my personal kind of opinion. I think um, it's a time to like restory myself. Mm -hmm. If I, you know, Monday to Saturday, I am living in the story that we like get involved in during the week right and yeah. sometimes we can be really strong and we can stay in the story with christ and um and sometimes we dip into other stories and so sunday is this great time to get back wait no this is the story that i'm in this is the kingdom i belong to and so sitting in kind of where the whole congregation is going to go with pastor chris and um those passages it just helps me kind of develop that story yeah. so that we can stay together on the same story, right? Mm, right. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think, Sarah, if I could take a moment to, to just praise you a little bit, uh, Sarah um, is a real wonderful wordsmith. And um, like Sarah, we'll sit in this a long time. And we'll digest this, and we'll pray on this, and we'll think about this. And sometimes this is indeed God working in and through us, you know, ministering to us. Yeah. And that's why we have the best job. That's why we have the best job. <laughs> it is indeed why we have the best job. And probably why we have um, sometimes... Uh, uh, um, a, a distorted understanding of the ownership of it because there's there's a ton invested right. in this. Oh, I I've, yeah. I've prayed through this. Uh -huh. I've thought right. through this and I've and I've I've heard God's voice mm -hmm. speaking right. this. And um and then to see it land on somebody in the in the, after having spending hours and days in this 
on somebody for five minutes uh, and then having uh, perhaps a knee-jerk reaction to that, oh, uh, <laughs> right. I wish I was better at right. my job, you know, sure. yeah. so that yeah. <laughs> it right. reached everybody all the time. Yeah. But the uh, just a, let me digress a little bit. My story is that uh, as a worship leader, I came out from behind the drum set. And as the need for an actual person to stand up and lead singing um, became um, uh, necessary for me to come out from behind the drums, I didn't have the language. Mm. And so my whole approach was, well, I'm going to just pick scripture, Mm. Um, which I think was just God's grace in my life saying, you know what? You don't have to worry about right. saying he anything. I've already that. said. It. I've got the right. Word. <laughs> you know, there um, are no none better. <laughs> yeah, but um, I think there is um, for for those that lead worship, um, such as Sarah. There is a gift that is given to some of them, mm-hmm. some of us, that allows us to prayerfully consider what God is trying to do in this moment yeah. before He even does right. it. And again. Try to guide right. people. To that I think point. that's so great because I, I, I really want to push this out. I hope a lot of our congregation gets to hear this, but everybody, anybody else, you know, too, to think about the people who are leading you in worship in your congregation if you don't go to Cornerstone. Mm-hmm. But to lead, you have to go, you're taking somewhere where you've been, or at least you have a good vision mm-hmm. of where you're going, right? Mm-hmm. And to see that if, if, if my expectation is that. When we our gatherings together as the, for corporate worship are spiritual transformation workshops. I mean, they're yeah. spiritual transformation workouts. You know, we're going to the gym. You know, to get stronger, to go out and live our life in a more healthy way. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, they're spiritual. You're expecting spiritual transformation, but to to lead someone in a spiritual transformation experience, you yourself have to be being transformed. Mm-hmm. And what I'm hearing you saying is that through the week, you are you are seeking that transformation yourself so that the people you lead, you, you have a place to go with them. Join us in part two as Don and Sarah continue to share their hearts about their important ministry of musical worship. Planet is a Cornerstone EPC production, connecting to God, one another, and the world through the love of Jesus. More information can be found at cornerstonebrighton.com.